0: everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs this is episode 204 i'm your host duncan mcleish welcome to the show on episode 204 we are welcoming you to the first of three russian roulette franchise retrospective episodes coming in this month december 2019 looking at the tremors franchise each episode will cover two installments in that franchise and because this is the first one you guessed it you guys know what i'm on about you've seen the artwork you know how it count we'll be doing tremors one and two on this show i'll be joined by the phenomenal derek bourgeois on the show as well as the phenomenal dave z to discuss tremors and tremors two respectively this is going to be a ton of fun What's weird about this is, in recording this intro, I've already recorded quite a few of the reviews done for this, but I have watched all the movies, and uh, the Tremors franchise is surprisingly fucking good front to back. Weird. Never thought I would ever be saying that, but it's a true motherfucking story. So it has been a pleasure doing these ones, in chatting with podcasters, mostly from across the pond, in a fun and... Um, Quirky sort of way, we've been having great conversations chatting about giant fucking graboids, ass blasters, and shriekers alike. That's right, I said ass blasters. I have no shame. That's what they called them in the year and I will call them them as well. So there we go. So yeah, welcome to this show. This is landing on Saturday, originally under the original plans this was coming earlier but I'm kind of glad it's landed where it is. This feels very much like a we will drop this on Saturday and we have one more episode left in this week. Tomorrow we do our final E.T. films Italian collection review of the year. Oh, I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking the same but we're doing two evil eyes which is a bit fucking bitching a bit
1: fucking
0: so yeah we're going to be doing that I do apologize for that screechy tone that came down there but we're going to be doing a little bit of two evil eyes and that will be making its way into your downloads tomorrow for all y'all out there to check out next week there is a tsunami an absolute metric fuck ton of huge sounding covering sweeping horror podcast content pretty much consistently with at most maybe two days off, but most of them have between one day or no day off, between now and Christmas Eve, and there is so much good stuff coming. So get yourself ready. I posted on the Flick Chat app and on the Facebook group page the show listing for the rest of this month, taking us up to our two-week hiatus, eh, which begins on Christmas Eve with a Christmas Eve commentary for Killer Clowns, from outer space so you check them out to see what you are getting right no more from me let's get into this this is going to be so much fun the conversations as always kind of amazing we're going to take a short break you're going to hear promos for shows that I love and then kicking off our very first installment in this Tremors Russian Roulette franchise retrospective with a little movie called Tremors my guest Derek Bourgeois will be joining me
2: right after this To take a dose of, they must be destroyed on sight, as needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin cough, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocers' itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans
2: they just picked the wrong day to do it jeez you guys better get
0: the hell out of here there's a killer on the loose no! ah! who could be doing it is
3: that a snake
0: i'll give you boy five
1: dollars for this 20. Ah! 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 that's how they get you they're under the ground ah! what the hell are things after they eat a whole station wagon but where do they come from i vote for outer space no way these are local boys you see they're hated right force
2: no richter scale can measure it they're coming no scientist can explain it
1: Bert, they're under the ground you didn't get
3: penetration even with the alpha gun run run
2: and no one knows what to call it mega worms or
1: suckers or now this valley is just one long smorgasbord.
2: Now it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big money.
1: Who died and made you Einstein? And they
2: know just what to do. Mm-hmm. Flip for it.
1: Damn.
2: Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. <laughs>
0: Tremors. And welcome back. So let's kick this shit off. We are starting with Tremors. This is the Russian Roulette franchise retrospective looking at Tremors. All six movies, two movies per episode and we're right back where it all began back in 1990 with the original Tremors movie. Joining me at this time to review this one, the man whose name was plucked from a bowl and assigned this movie. Some would argue he landed lucky in this collection. As I've only seen half of the collection, I don't know how lucky it is. For all I know, there could be some masterpiece somewhere further down the pipeline. But joining me at this time is my very good friend, Derek. You will know him from Cinema Attacks, you will know him from Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. And I'm sure there's one that I'm missing because I'm always missing one. What's the other one, Derek?
4: Uh, I actually have two other podcasts. Uh... Jesus
0: Christ, you guys put me to shame.
4: Uh, yeah, well, one of them's like the sister show of Cinema Attack. It's the one I do with uh, uh, J- Carly, uh, JP's co-host, at Lloyd Dissections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we started that up recently. It's like a once-a-month type thing where we just review one movie, give it like a good solid review, spoilers, and all that good shit. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I'm also uh, main host of No More Room in Hell now. Uh, I started out as like a guest host here and there. Didn't Mike and Ben decided well they can't get rid of me might as well make me a main
0: permanent, host you yeah, know permanent feature I like it I like it how you doing
4: I've been good you know was, uh, October hangover still but uh soon it's gonna be turkey hangover uh, <laughs> in my neck of the woods Thanksgiving's coming uh, and then of course we spend money for a uh, black friday and christmas shopping you know yeah
0: <laughs> it's, it's a it's a it's a gnarly time for you to buy yourself lots of things that you probably won't use or won't appreciate for a while
4: <laughs> exactly and buy <laughs> stuff for the fam you know take care of them <laughs> try to anyways
0: nice man nice well um you were in like a shot when i mentioned that tremors was going to be the next Russian franchise you were like me me put me in um and i was very happy to do so because we were just chatting off here the last time you were on the podcast was your first time on the podcast which was the puppet master franchise retro which we've recorded one year ago
4: yeah that's true unless you count like my movie club like reviews i always count
0: them love them
4: yeah but uh yeah the last time we actually talked face to face or you know face to face like (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, <computer>. was the <laughs> uh, the deep down nitty gritty of Puppet Master two, which was actually one of the better movies in the franchise. Oh yes,
0: yes, it was. It was one of those. Had I known that that would have been one of the dizzying high points mm. so early into that series, mm. um, I I would have tempered my expectations by the time I reached like part seven and eight. Mm. Uh, that franchise is a franchise that does not get tired of spitting in your face and kicking you in the nuts. Um, but this one should be a lot better. This is all birthed out of the fact that certain co-hosts on the Summer Teapots Top 10 series uh, did not like the fact that Tremors was not in discussion for Top 10 of 1990. Once again, not all on my shoulders. I picked two movies that I wanted to discuss on there. My co-host did not pick this movie. But the sacrilege was seen later on in the the series when Tremors 2 did make a discussion and Tremors didn't. I just want to stress, it's not because I (laughs) dislike Tremors. really like this movie. I just want to talk about Cat in the Brain more than Tremors. can't blame a man for falling back on his full that's all i'm
4: saying hey, yeah i listened to all that bullshit you know <laughs> and uh i was gonna say like you know yeah i get you with that it's not just on your shoulders you, one of your other co-hosts on that show should have picked it or you know should have been And you know it could have been like one of the extra two movies
0: exactly i'm like see derek's got my back that's why he's here so shut it on it yeah. Um, so you got Tremors this one was um, based on the story by SS Wilson and Brent Maddock directed by Ron Underwood uh, the movie itself stars Kevin Bacon Fred wharf and Carter Michael Gross Reba McIntyre uh, Robert Jane Charlotte Stewart Tony Gennaro uh, Ariana Richards, Richard Marcus, Victor Wong, and Sunshine Parker. There are some other folks in here, but let's just get past them. And let's swing away to that synopsis on the IMDb's which says natives of a small isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures which are killing them one by one you know the format here derek it's four questions couldn't have been any easier i get a feeling this first question is going to be stacked so let me ask you right now what if anything does tremors do right
4: uh the first tremors does a lot right mm-hmm. uh, this uh I'm actually a big fan of, like, old-school 50s creature features, like... (laughs) uh, Aftershock. Wait, that's coming next. (laughs) But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, big fan of, like, the 50s monster movies. And uh, this film sets up a a lot of the motifs of, like, those, like... I think of movies like Them and The Black Scorpion where, like, the whole scene where... uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, Fred Ward find uh, the Fred, the old drunk in the electric tower. That's like a scene from The Black Scorpion where yeah. they find a, a cop and stuff in the middle of the road and hanged up. Uh, and I dig that. You know, it has, like, the scientist character, which I dig. And uh, just the practical effects, man, like the graphoids themselves, uh, probably the best they ever look on screen in a practical format. And it has a great setup of characterizations of, like, the small town of perfection. And, you know, everyone's their own characters and own characteristics. And uh, I dig that. You know, like, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, they're, like, the bumble in heroes of the piece. Uh, then we have uh, some anti-characters, like Burt Gummer, played by the magnificent Michael Gross. <laughs> uh, fantastic in the portrayal, because he... He carries that character throughout the whole series after this point. Mm-hmm. And then we have Rita McIntyre, who actually is fucking solid. You know, She actually does a great performance as Heather, his wife. And it's fantastic. Like, I love the interactions between the characters. And it's all the nitty gritty of that that makes this film special in my place in the history of uh, the Tremors franchise is the characterizations and how the characters interact with each other.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. This is a movie... I don't do a lot of creature features on podcasts under the stairs. You may have learned that. Dear listener, and Derek knows. Um, But that's not to say that I dislike those movies. I do have a soft spot in my heart for those sort of movies. And I get a chance every now and again, when usually through audience participation, I get a chance to sit down and cover them. And when I do, I have a blast. Even some of the ones that Really lean into like Lunacy. I enjoy, you know, I, there's a part of me that enjoys a cheesy creature feature. Tremors is like what you would expect from a cheesy feature, except there's a bit of a budget here and there's some good cast choices. It has like all the beats of the better sort of uh, creature feature movies that you would expect to see, but. What it has at its core is uh, where you would find some movies would skimp on maybe a practical effect or two or maybe even skimp on a bit of casting. This one lands all of it. The dialogue's fun, it's quirky, It's the score's brilliant. And like you see the practical effects in this one work really, really well. And some of the set-ups they do as well, like the car being dragged underground. I love that oh, yeah. set piece. It's, it's brilliant. Even... Um, the, the farmer who gets like sucked into the ground, and that scene of his hat being lifted and just his head staring up, stuff like that I think is is really well done and the movie isn't overtly bloody but it kind of gets away without being that way, you know, it's, it'd be really easy and unfortunately a lot of movies that come post Tremors um, not necessarily the franchise but movies that kind of piggyback on the back of the success the movie does do feel a need to really kind of put the gore in and I think you don't need to do that to to have a movie that's enjoyable. I think sometimes it's good to marvel at the lunacy of a really well put together creature feature, and Tremors is definitely in that category. It's interesting that you mention like specific movies, Ebs from um, from the fifties. And I do have like a, a big soft spot for for that era as well. And specifically when it had its kind of you know its twenty year kind of rebirth in the seventies, and you started getting mm-hmm. a lot of these movies making their way back in there it's that 20 year look whatever was big 20 years ago will make its, its kind of resurgence in terms of influence because people that grew up watching them then go on and make movies and they make the movies about movies that they grew up watching um, and to me like the early 90s is a great indication of that like movies like Matinee like Joe Dante's yeah. Matinee I absolutely adore that movie uh, Me that too, may, man. That might be one for you to come back on, by the way. I've never done Matinee on this show and I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. Oh
4: yeah, definitely, man. I love to do Matinee.
0: It's one of my favourite Joe Dante movies, man. <laughs> right, there well there we go, that we will lock that in. Now we have our movie, it's locked in. Uh, but yeah, like stuff like that which kind of revels in that time period. And Tremors is the the, the it's kinda of like a love letter. It's like a warm hug. To the genre without like completely it updates what it needs to update and it's like you see the small town of perfection has all the kind of archetype characters but they're all really well acted and really well portrayed and you would think off the back of something like this there's a couple of different directions you could go with characters and who we should follow and michael gross is the one that you know as burt gummer is the character like secretly in this movie you have a lot of fun with but he's not the one that you think you could build a franchise off of um, yeah. and the installments I've seen specifically that sixth one um, he's brilliant in that and I know he's doing the seventh one and that's a good choice keep, keep us with him because he's the character that weirdly shines but doesn't over you know, overshine over someone like uh, Kevin Bacon or, or Fred Ward. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. It really, really is.
4: Yeah, like I said, like the characters are so rich because when some characters do go, you know, like uh, fucking when Victor Wong died, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, because I grew <laughs> up with him as the grandpa from Three Ninjas, and it was the yeah. first the first time I seen this. I'm like, oh no, the grandfather from Three Ninjas just
0: got eaten. <laughs>
4: Ooh, poor Victor Wong.
0: Yeah. I love Victor Wong. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking awesome. <laughs> he is, he's brilliant. But I, I, once again, great, great choice on the cast. Um, and just like the dialogue as well, I really. The, the thing about Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon together is you've thrown into that dynamic very, very quickly. You just get the feel that these guys have known each other for years. And to get that chemistry and get it right. I think is difficult it's not easy to do in a movie and it's very easy to get wrong when it is wrong it's evident you you need to believe that even uh, Burt Gummer and Heather Gummer like Reba McIntyre and Michael Gross feel like a couple Who've been together a while, and she gets nah. her. There's that great bit where he's talking about, you know, then the feds come and not you know, and she's like, "Easy, honey, uh, you're stand down," because she knows she's heard that speech a million times before, and she <laughs> yeah. she can see the triggers. Got it's it's small attention to detail like that, but even some of the back characters, Tony Gennaro was uh, Miguel, um, you know, like the the Pogo stick riding Mindy, you know, all these things. It's just small details that make. Perfection feel like a three dimensional place. Yeah, and I love I that. Mean. You need to do that. It's a small town. It's a smallest small town, um, and you need to feel that it's a, a real place to care for the characters. And you, you do, like you see when when uh, when Chang dies, when Walter Chang dies, you kind of you are like parties like, well, it's Victor Wong, and you know I love him, a big problem Little China and all the rest. But the other party is like, I quite like Walter Chang and his his ability to con people. At, <laughs> Either like yeah. buys it for $5 or $15 uh, and then. Yeah, that
4: it was a great scene. <laughs> and like.
0: Charging it right after it. Uh,
4: it's
0: really, really, really good. Which brings me to my next question then. What does Tremors not do well then?
4: Uh, it, it's very little for me. Uh, because, you know, it's just, this is pretty much a ni- minor, minor nitpick. Melvin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag the Shelly of this movie. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh, <laughs>
4: sometimes, like sometimes, he doesn't bother me, but on some watches, like I wish he got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, and you know that's another thing. Some, some, sometimes these movies with the kid characters or uh, he's not even a kid, but like even the Mendy character who's ironically the chick from the little girl from Jurassic Park. I know was, how
0: weird is that?
4: Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know that when I first saw this movie because I saw this after Jurassic Park, ironically enough. But uh, yeah, he annoys the hell out of me. And, you know, I just wish maybe he at least got a little bit more wounded or <laughs> at least more terrified that he, because unfortunately
0: spoiler alert ahead he comes back in part 3 does he oh shit I've never seen part 3 <laughs> so I have that to look forward to is that what you're telling me
4: yeah and he's an even bigger <laughs> asshole in part 3
0: <laughs> oh goody <laughs>
4: that's probably my major gripe with that one but we're not talking about that one uh, yeah I just he's a, just a minor character that I wish got a little bit more coming to him
0: Yeah, I mean, once again, uh, the fact... He's actually really good at what he does because the fact that you end up hating that... Once again, to portray a character that extracts that sort of vitriol is not necessarily all that easy. and doesn't really well. He has easily the most smackable face of of a person in a movie in nineteen ninety, I'd like. I'd, I'm with you on that one. He is so annoying. He just, it his inability to understand the gravity of the situation they're in, all the way through it, and just be a dick is is putting Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's a negative, but it's a deliberate negative. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, as if exactly. they're trying to make a, a likable. So once again, it's it, weirdly that negative is spun to a positive because he does exactly what he needs to do i'm with you there's i tremors is one of those movies where for all you know it, it wears its influences on its sleeve and for all it's you know sometimes it's a bit cheesy in parts and all the rest it's all deliberately designed that way and as a result there isn't anything that i it's one of these ones where, I'd, I mean, any negative I throw on it would be on a specific technical level that I don't think I should be throwing against a movie like Tremors. Um, yeah. That I, you, you lean back on it and you go, it's a really fucking well-paced, well-timed, well-acted, well-shot um, movie that just it delivers in spades that I have no negatives. It's one of those rare occasions where I don't really have anything bad to say. Uh, question number three, Derek, is the easiest... ...when you're dealing with the first or last instalment of a franchise. In the canon of Tremors... Um, mm-hmm. the, ...the question should be... ...does it do anything wrong or does it break the franchise? Like you don't have that. Let me change it slightly. I like to change them for the, the first movie. Um, now, you've seen all of them... ...so you know where this yes. franchise goes in the second instalment. But let's say I gave you the keys to Tremors 2... ...as a director or film writer and Tremors 2 didn't exist. Where would you take the next installment?
4: Uh, you know, I... This is odd. Uh, it's hard, you know, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the whole Tremor franchise in general, I, I dig them all. Even mm-hmm. some of the ones that are lesser quality are still watchable, in my opinion. Uh, it's just the way that, you know, they went down with the direct-to-video scale of them. Yeah. I, I would probably... Maybe ask for a bigger budget and maybe have a little bit more practical effects and have the same setup of part two because I really like part two. It's actually a really solid sequel. You I'm know?
0: with you, but the thing about watching part two for the summer series, it was the first time I'd watched it in years, and coming back and watching it was how much fun I had with that second movie. It's one of the reasons, like, I've heard very few people tell me that, like, you're telling me that even when they start to drop off, they're still enjoyable to watch and i'm done with that it doesn't have to be the best movie in the world or you know have the best budget in the world it has to entertain me though and these movies are designed to entertain if a creature feature can not entertain what's its purpose
4: uh, yeah the, the, the interesting one that i'm going to be interested when you guys get to it is Part four because it's a prequel
0: is this the one set in the west the wild west
4: yeah, and Michael Gross plays like his ancestor <laughs> Gunner.
0: <laughs> See, yeah, there's part of me that'll like that sort of cheese. Yeah. yeah, it's like the the weird part of me that enjoys that from Dust to Dawn. Uh, prequel, yeah, you know, for no reason at all except it's it's giving me the kind of cowboyish setting that I weirdly want from that movie. <laughs> I don't
4: know. Plus, plus, that movie has something else to offer. Oh yes. And its name is Billy Drago. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: you know what we're on about. Everyone knows what we're on about. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So that brings me to my final one. I think we're saying that we recommend this movie. So on that premise, oh, oh. If, uh, yeah. Yeah, is there one particular scene that you could pick out that if I had never seen Tremors before, and you were like, "You need to see Tremors. This happens in this movie." What would it be, and why? Uh,
4: the whole setup with the doctor and. The wife, they're just sitting in the car and <laughs> the brilliant. generator. Fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great setup shot, and of course, then all oh, mayhem ensues after that.
0: Yeah, I love. Car. I love the discovery of the car as well, where the lights are still shining up in the sky. You know, yeah. they're still on. It's just the dirts cover the dirts covering them. Um, mm. Absolutely love that. I'm with you on that one. It's a great scene. Uh, for me, I think there's there's part of me that really enjoys the. At the, the scene where the the graboid itself is is racing down, chasing them, and they jump over the uh, the ravine, and it bashes yeah. it, and they're like the conversation, the glee on their face when it's not that they've you know found this prehistoric creature that proves that you know prehistoric. It's what they can sell this for, and how much money they can make off, it and how famous <laughs> they're going to be. Um, sure. There's part of me that really loves the glee, especially in Kevin Bacon's face. Um, I mean he brings his E-game with this one, he brings a level of credibility that a movie like this generally wouldn't have and it's it's one of the reasons I love him as an actor uh, yeah yeah. Yep. Uh, right let's lean into grades here you know what I do some Netflix grading over here, it's nice and simple, couldn't be any easier 1 is hated it, 2 is didn't like it, 3 is liked it, 4 is really liked it, 5 is loved it, on that scale what grade are you giving Tremors?
4: oh man yeah <laughs> Uh you had to ask me that question because
0: I think it was pretty obvious what I was going into <laughs> this,
4: but I was gonna give this one. Uh yeah, this is a five out of five for me. I always love tremors. It's a great feature feature and I always it's good comfort food for me, you know. It just keeps me entertained and I'm actually it's been a while since I watched it, and I was shocked how well it still holds up for the nineties mm-hmm. film, you know and it just keeps me comfort and you know it was good comfort food and it actually made me watch because they're all on if you have xfinity in the states they're actually all on stars right now so that's a good plus and i just watched one two and three back to back today before we started recording it
0: does so, it it does really hold up i'm with you on it i love the movie and um, I, I, there's no way I can't give it a five it's, it's a ton of fun Um i had been the same as you like up until the 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 summer series this would be the second time I've watched this movie this year and um, once was on a streaming site this one was on the blu-ray collection that I bought and it looks great on blu-ray it's a great movie it's a ton of fun it ticks all my boxes hugely entertaining and yeah I, I have no complaints against it it's a fight for me as well right Derek you have some podcasts we mentioned them at the beginning this is the point where you can plug your where sir and let people know where they can check you out when this show finishes
4: sure uh, of course like I said in the beginning uh, I have three shows on horror failure now guys since the last time you heard me on this show uh, two of them are on the same feed of course I like to keep it nice and simple not Spread myself well, but the other show I wasn't actually wasn't the creator of that one, so mm. that's why it's in a different feed. Of course, we have a uh, Cinema Attack where we do commentaries, uh, three part shows, and a uh, great show coming out when we did a uh, Park Chan Wook's The Vengeance Trilogy should be out. Oh, uh,
0: nice man!
4: By the time of this recording, a bunch of other shows, hopefully, depends on our schedules, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, of course. Uh, then we also have Cellular White Dissections, which is me and Miss Carly, and the show that will be out by the time of this recording will probably be Ridley Scott's Legend, which was rad to do, and uh, can't wait to hear that one, how that one plays out. And then uh, No More Room in Hell, which I do with Mike, Mary course, Mr. Venom, and uh, Corey Graham, uh, the legend, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, good Good dude all three of them are awesome dudes and of course uh, another show I do with Mr. Venom which is on the Legion Podcast Network with Mr. Jerry Heron and Donnie Tang Thompson himself Donna Ellie, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space which is the Kaiju Podcast where we give you those visions from Monsterland
0: phenomenal, that's it for me phenomenal phenomenal thank you very much for jumping on and chatting with me Derek and uh, yeah we will get matinee locked in and i'm very much looking forward to discussing that because like i say that's been on the short list of movies to talk i think i had like a, a voter poll earlier on in the year and it was it was trending really high and i was like finally and then something better and i was not happy because uh, it wasn't <laughs> as good as matinee uh, but you'll be back to discuss that i however i'm gonna take a short break when i return i'll be joined with uh one half of the What Z party. It's going to be Dave Z joining me to discuss Tremors 2 right after this.
1: Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real life horror? Really? Like what? Well,
2: take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real life addictions. Or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now.
1: Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey
2: They lay dormant for years, waiting for the chance to appear once again. Now they're back, and they'll find you no matter where you try to hide. Only a team of dedicated professionals can stop them. We need someone, an expert, to eliminate these creatures. To go graboid hunting. This time, they're prepared. Preparing to fire. He smoked his ass. Doing what I can with what I got. This time, they're motivated. 50000 for each graboid. You gotta deal. This time, they're one step ahead. Get off the ground! Ah! There's only one problem. This time, the worms have turned.
1: Something's wrong with our worm, Earl. It's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new goddamn ball game. The worms changed somehow. Now we've got these things. This way! I am completely out of ammo. No! Hey, Rector The radio tower. How can they be so smart? We're like sitting ducks here. Come get me, you suckers. You hungry? If I can just get to your truck, I can grab some bombs.
2: Tremors 2. Aftershocks. Starring Fred Ward. Michael Gross, Christopher Garden, and Helen Shaver. Damn worms never
0: cut you any slack. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So let's get the second and final review of this first of the three parts. Looking at the Russian Roulette franchise, Retro and the Tremors franchise. This is Tremors 2. Um, and joining me, I'm very excited, although we have been joking off-air before I record, is that, of course... The Fates would conspire to to, to have us back chatting, uh, considering we just covered this one on, I mean, what are, what are the odds that you would randomly be selected for the year to cover this in the Summer Teapots Top 10 series, and then also randomly be, be selected to cover it on the Russian Roulette Franchise Retro? And my guest, of course, is the phenomenal Dave Z. How you doing, Dave? Great,
3: buddy. Yeah, uh, uh, great to be here as always, and not at an all surprised that, that that it was part two because that's how it goes with me. It's, yeah, I watched. It, I told you before we came on the air, but I've seen this movie in particular only three times, and twice have been for tee puts. So it's been for over the last three months. So <laughs> it what is what know. it is. I know when I did sleepaway camp because I opened my big mouth, I, I got stuck <laughs> with that turd. That friggin' piece of garbage movie. Oh, uh, uh, and, and even though it was a blast to in nineteen ninety six, I had done a whole show about nineteen ninety six. Yep, uh, the only one of the nineties, just less than a year before, and watched it all. So I had to watch all those same movies again. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I just keep getting a repetition. But hey. Whatever, I, I still enjoy it. That's all that matters. But it is—it is, is pretty crazy, man.
0: It's weird how these things transpire Tremors Two was like, like I say, we covered it on the the, the, the summer series. It's also the reason we are doing this Russian Roulette retro because certain members in the group took Umbridge and, like I've said before, I, I'm with you. But the rules are the rules. Uh, took Umbridge yeah. that uh, Tremors Two made a discussion list, but Tremors didn't uh for 1990, <laughs> and as a result of that i was like you know what i right i see your point listeners um and what i do is i raise you an entire russian retro on it uh, but yeah we, we chatted about it before so we might as well get back into it again this is directed by the guy who actually wrote the the original screenplay for their the original movie ss wilson it's based on his characters, um, but it's kind of also based on the characters created by Brent Maddock. Um, this one, which is Tremors 2, EKE Aftershocks from 96, uh, features Fred Ward, Chris Garton, Helen Shaver, Michael Gross, uh, Marcello Tubert, Marco Hernandez, and Jose Ramon Rosario. The synopsis for this one... Uh, nice and short and sharp, is Errol Bassett, now a washed up ex-celebrity, is hired by a Mexican oil company to eradicate a graboid epidemic that's killing more people each day. However, the humans aren't the only one with a new battle plan. Now, Dave, you know over here we do four simple questions when doing a Russian roulette franchise retro, so let me set up this first one for you. What, if anything, does Tremors 2 Aftershock do right? Well,
3: uh, I'll try to keep it short. I think they did a lot right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going against them in this particular situation because it's six years later and it's direct to video and yeah. the big stars that were headlined are no longer there. You're thinking it's going to be failure. I mean, mm-hmm. when is it not? <laughs> if you, you know, so, but. This was not it, it, quite the opposite. I, I've talked to some people that preferred to the original. Not me necessarily, but um, what they did right is they they stuck to the script. the The tone stayed the same. They captured the same spirit, mm-hmm. and that's what you have to do. They didn't they didn't change anything up. Some things happened, to, ha, you know. Some things had to be changed. Obviously, Kevin Bacon split and, and Reba. They're no longer there, so. Uh, I'm not going to say that they replaced them because they didn't try to replace them. They did bring in some bodies and, and they were competent and they did have good chemistry w- with the other uh, performers, but they just elevated the talent they already had. They, they took Fred Ward and they elevated him front and center and then they took Bert Gummer and they gave him a, a lot more screen time and, and they pushed the two of them you know, to, to, the, to the, the forefront. And smart. What they did was smart. Because like I said they could have dropped the ball and and they didn't they moved forward, but not too far forward up the ev- evolutionary chain mm-hmm. with with the tremors themselves. you know they had the uh, we, we still got the regular uh, graboids and then we got the um, the heat seekers. yeah and that was smart. it keeps us interesting. So you know uh, they really did a damn good job here yep. as far as I'm concerned.
0: I'm I'm with you. Um, there's a reason that like I was excited to talk about it on the '96 episode. There's a reason um, I was happy to sit back down and watch it for what will be the third time this year. Uh, Tremors too, like like you said, it should have everything running against it. Like on paper, like anyone approaching this should be cynically approaching this to say, well, it's not going to have. What you want it to have here is gonna it's gonna fail, isn't it? Because Kevin Bacon's not in it. So and look at this guy they've put in here who looks like a a kind of lesser Kevin Bacon. The genius of the movie is the guy doesn't play the Kevin Bacon part at all. He plays yeah. his own sort of character. Yes, he's if anything, he the roles have reversed. So the, the kind of greedy character is the what would have been the Fred. the kind of Errol Bassett, Fred Ward character for the first one so they invert it. I think that works like to the movie's credit, I love the change of setting, I love the fact that they're like you know what we have established the mythology now so let's get rid of that, we have a way to kill them which is a sensible way to kill these creatures and as a result man is back on top of the food chain until there's this like small evolutionary twist which I think works and it's fun and it makes kind of sense if one can like pick you up through hearing the next evolution would be the next one would pick you up by heat so I think that works really really well I think there's still a good use of practical effects Um, and humour that's what this franchise has in spades is they're fun movies they're not overly long they don't spend far too much time there they use a good kind of mix of practical effects for comedic effect, but they just allow you to be involved with really fun conversations and goofy set-pieces, but every now and again something happens with a bit of menace, and that to me is kind kind of what makes this one work. I mean, Tremors 2, you're right, doesn't lose any of the tone at all. I mean, it's slightly funnier than the original one, but not much. It's not as if they've gone too goofy or even too action with it. They've just kind of kept the tone fairly consistent and I mean there's there are things here which are like kind of loose remakes of the original where we bring back, right, here's the love interest from like we had in the previous one and she will also be a kind of scientist here and here's, you know, Burt Gummer and his like extreme view of the world and how that's, what I love about that is the kind of, we see the the cause and effect of this, you know, this guy who is so vehemently kind of survivalist and against the government and all the rest, then we hear what the outcome is for that guy six years on, you know, his, his, his ladies left him because he blames the fall of the Soviet, you know, republic as being this issue and also like Errol's character, he's come away from being this celebrity to what that would look like, because that's all they wanted in that first movie was money and celebrity. And now we see him six years on, and we see that it hasn't actually really improved his life at all. If anything, it's made him more cynical than he was before. So it's all those mm-hmm. things that are small attentions to detail. I think make the movie work. It, it's not just a re. It's not just like a lot of horror franchises, like just a remake of the first one again. This one actually is kind of cleverly crafted. And you don't get that. I think you're right. Like, you hear direct-to-video, you hear tremors too, you hear the big stars are gone, and the first thing you're going to think of is, well, inferior movie. And then you sit and you watch it, you go, fun fucking movie.
3: (laughs) Yeah, witty dialogue. It's not really... I wouldn't consider these horror comedies at all. It's just they have witty dialogue. At least the first two are probably the best written as far as it. Almost like a... I'm not comparing him, don't get me wrong, but it's almost like a little bit Tarantino-esque yes. when they go on some of their little tirades,
0: you know? Yeah, it's, it, it, the the thing about it as well is to get, it's always, what I like watching in movies is when you have any buddy situation in a movie, how well they'll play off. And the best ones are the ones where you're introduced to two characters in a buddy environment where you're like, these guys feel like they've been friends for years. You know, they're almost finishing each other's sentences, there's the end jokes and the dialogue and stuff that, you know, maybe the audience doesn't necessarily get, but the characters seem to get. And this works here, even though you've replaced Kevin Bacon with Chris Garton, it it works. I still feel like these two guys have spent a bit of time together and, you know, and Burt Gummer, who would obviously eventually become the, 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 the kind of face... Of the franchise moving forward, It's having a ball making this movie. You can tell he—that's his character, and he's made it his own. And I kind of, I kind of love that. I think that really works. And it's not a case of well, that's all you know. Um, Michael Gr- uh, Gross could do. I'm sure he could do other roles and play other parts, but he's, you know, he's kind of found this kind of spiritual role. Uh, And the the Gummer part where he's just he's really really good in it like when he shows up and he's like that you know you had you had all the the kind of federales all the 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 Mexican government here at your disposal and all you asked for was some dynamite (laughs) like you've seen these things you (laughs) asked for some dynamite I've come packing this and it's C4 and it's anti-tank shells and the the works he's like this is how you take down some graboids you're asking for some dynamite and some go-karts come on Let's get this done. I, I love that part. I, like, there's a you've got a character here who, for all his paranoia and his his kind of views in the world, which are maybe a bit extreme, quote unquote, um, is a guy who, at the end of the day, is the hero we need in this situation. That's gonna his over preparation and pessimism for the world is the one thing that is kind of going to aid you here. And even he's even he as a character isn't. A hero, is kind of like an anti-hero. I, I just love the way they set it up, um, and I can't think of many movies that that handle that transfer of characters. They don't give them any goofier backstory. They don't try and change things by segueing. And like at this stage, it's just like, no, these are these characters like five years on, and look at them now. And I think that really works to his credit.
3: Yeah, good character development from film to film.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. it's hard to, It's hard to do. We we laugh at it, but there's, you think about how many times you've watched a franchise and you get to a certain point, you're like, that character would... Ne- the character I know and love would never do that. You know what I mean? Like, right. why would... They- that's a silly thing to do. They would never do that. And then this one, it just feels organic. And I think that is is very much to its credit. And something that I don't think these movies are necessarily applauded for. I think sometimes it's easy just to... To start to cynically look at, well, there's less practical effects in the movie, but yeah, but how are the characters? Are the characters still good? Um, do you still like them? And if you do, then let's let's lean into that because technology changes and practical effects change. But if you can still have the story, the scripts, and the characters kind of nailed down, then you have me watching them. You know, I can forgive budgetary cuts and the need to to lean towards other tech to do your movies as long as the characters are the characters I know and love and um, I think they nail it here for, for sure. Um, we've praised this on quite a few different levels here. and does make me wonder if there's anything Aftershocks does that you maybe don't think has done well.
3: Well, the only thing I, I can, and you just mentioned it, yep. it's the only thing that I think you could say and. What can you do? It's a product of, of its time and, and of its budget, and they, they hit every other nail right except for this one. Obviously, mm-hmm. the few scenes with some with some really poor CGI.
0: Yeah, yeah, bad, bad. ninety six CGI. It's and like yeah. no, you're right. There's nothing they can do. The budget's not there. The scope's not there. The the draw power of the names isn't there. And what you're doing isn't something that's just easy to create practically so and we want to move things on and give people new experiences you are right the some of the cgi in this movie i don't necessarily think even looked all that great back in 96 um Mm. and by 2019 standards which is unfair to judge any movie by you know 2019 standards where cgi at times on screen is damn near reality um, it's difficult to go back, isn't it? Like, some of it is a bit cringy in in my opinion. But it's not... I mean, it's not predominant. There's still a good mix of practical in here, but when it comes on the screen, you are like, oh, that's a bit unfortunate. hmm Yeah.
3: Yeah. What well, can you do? But they make up for it with the practical. The practical looks great.
0: Yeah, the, the, the fact that you have... There are more instances in this movie of graboids coming out the ground... Uh, and grabbing people, are you know, like, than there is in the first movie. And there's more incidents of kind of graboid viscera being flung against a car than, oh, yeah. or a vehicle than there was in the first movie. So it's not as if, like, they were like, well, CGI is the way forward and that's what we're doing. It's like there are certain things where, like, we can't do this practically for the budget we have, so we'll CGI it. But not to the detriment of everything else. So it's one of those things I think you're right. I think. Um, the only other thing that I would kind of raise out is maybe not as strong is as much as like Chris Garten's character is greedy. I think at times some of the dialogue just maybe isn't as as tight as you want it. I, I like his character in the movie, but there's certain things he says where I'm like that, uh, you know. But I know wh- I know why you said it, but it's kind of cheesy. And mm. but that's that's literally my. That's my two complaints. (laughs) Everything else is fucking gold. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, I can live with that. I can live with that quite a bit. Um, Third question for you. So you have landed the second instalment, which means you get a fairly easy question here. So in the grand scheme of things, this being the second instalment, we already kind of know what you're leaning towards. Does the movie break any cardinal sins? Does it jump the shark? Or does it feel true? and stay kind of totally consistent with what Tremors, the original, set out.
3: Thank goodness it does it right, because if it doesn't, who knows what? Ha- who knows if if we're talking about a franchise yeah. here. It might have it ended it too. I mean, how many times have you seen this, where a sequel comes out and it's nothing like the original, or they do jump the shark, or especially, the, I mean obviously they don't break any cardinal sins they stick with the script like i said earlier but yeah. losing those stars you know not not so much reba but, but kevin bacon the headliner you don't usually see a, a main character lost in part one and then come back and, and then not be there in the in the first sequel but on yeah. top of it six years later and direct a video and come out and it still does the right things it doesn't try to overcompensate for the loss they say okay let's do what we do this worked the first time and they did everything right as far as i'm concerned so there's no cardinal sins done at all i think i mean yeah they did it right and thank goodness they did because this is the test the, yeah. the first sequel of the big test and considering with what they had to work with they they really passed with flying colors
0: I agree with you 100% Dave, Um, I couldn't put it better myself. I think you'd, you run the risk off the back of a poor sequel, no movies after this one and some people could see, well you watch Tremors When Tremors finished, did you ever really want to see a second one? And part of me is like, back in 1990, probably not. But then I watched the second one and I'm like, yeah, I could watch another four of these. Um, And I'm quite glad that I did say that because I have another four to do. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) There's something about it. It just there's something that just fits really well um there's a turn phrase that you used when we were recording off air but specifically used on the 96 when describing tremors as a franchise is a little franchise that could and i remember when you were saying that back on that 96 show being in a position where i hadn't seen the entire franchise i'd seen the first two movies i'd seen part of the third one and i'd seen the sixth one but i hadn't seen part four or five and kind of being like, all right, well, you know, maybe, well, maybe, we'll wait and see. And I went through the franchise now, and you are right, 100% right. It, it flies under the radar in such a way that you just, I don't know, you go in with these, well, I do anyway, go in with these low expectations, um, and was pleasantly surprised by each viewing. And a lot of that stems off the back of how well they do part two. You don't, like you say, if this had been a, like a stink fest, ain't no one showing up for a part three. That just, that just isn't happening. Um, and if it is happening, it's, it's not only going direct to VHS, it's going in a way where no one's seen it. Um, apart from a, a small niche group of collectors um, yeah, I, I, like they, they get so much right in this movie that uh, you, you can see why anyone would be like well, let's keep making them I mean, like, they're fun to make, the cast enjoy doing them we've got great like great writing here and yeah, let's just keep doing them in the audience hopefully we'll still be there and they kind of are Yeah, which is... Awesome, I think. Um, Final question for you. Let's say we're taking a position here. I think I know what your position will be, but you're either not recommending this movie or you are recommending this movie. Is there one scene in particular that you would pull out to say, yes, I'm recommending or no, I'm not recommending and what would it be and why?
3: Oh, this. I always have, I always struggle with this question. Well, I've never been asked it except on uh, the other, but that thing doesn't count when we did Sleep Boy. No, God. Was, uh, <laughs> opening frame to final frame. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> but when I listen back to all these jokes, <laughs> I was like,
0: hmm, what is the theme? Huh. It's, it's weird, know? isn't it? Because, like, to me, like, Tremors 2 is almost a collage of amazing scenes. Like, you know, like, all the all the graboy stuff is brilliant like i like i'll yeah. tell you what mines is right I, and then we'll, we'll see if if you're there or thereabouts mines is and it's such a throwaway scene because we've seen it done about three or four times they're using these little uh kind of remote control buggies with the uh, explosives on them and they're trying to adjust what the the explosive yield should be well you probably only need to use one stick of dynamite and it works and then we see Burt's first attempt at doing it and not only does not only does this like he, he uses a little tank as well which I kind of love and it gets swallowed and he presses the button and then this almost like Hiroshima style fucking explosion goes off and he's like that yep let's take a note here four pounds of C4 explosive too much and I kind of love that yeah. scene because that's you know like oh, the, the way the other guys have done it is you know like we're getting these the like explosions and the The way the way that Burt does it is instant overkill. Like the like, like dynamite's not good enough for this guy. Let's use C four. And I kind of look because it's like it speaks to me. That is Burt Gummer as a character wrapped up in one scene.
3: Yeah, yeah. Good call. I, absolutely. Everything Bert Gummer is just uh, <laughs> is just gold. As soon as he shows up, and you don't know when they're making this movie, what's going to happen? And he, like you said earlier, he ends up taking over the whole damn franchise. Yeah. You know which is great. It does become his and it's um, yeah. And you know, as you can cont- cont- continue on with these movies, I don't think his character jumps the shark. I don't think he goes too comical. I don't think it yeah. goes, go, goes from like evil dead to, to, you know, to army of darkness type jumps. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that happens with this character or, mm-hmm. or the films in general. And, uh, but yeah, I, that's great. I love the beginning. I love the Earl, his character, and when he first uh, meets, what's his name? Um, did it, did, did it, what's his name again? Grady. When oh, he Grady, first meets yeah, Grady, yeah, yeah. And how, how, how he's, um you know, kind of cynical and, and grizzled now, and when he's talking about the video game, and, you know, he's like, oh, you had to make some money off that. And he goes, nope. He goes, somebody did Wasn't me. And then yeah. the, the conversation, <laughs> they had, you know, the conversation they have about taking chances, and he's like, oh, you're thinking small time, and talking about the, um, you know, how he wants to open up the uh that that, that theme park grade yeah. does and <laughs> uh, you know, like Earl's like learned his lesson. He's like, okay, if we're gonna get this money, I'm just gonna invest it, you know, and just be conservative and you know, I don't want to take any chances. I like anything that involves that that character. Yeah, what what happened with Earl from part one to part two and, and the reasons why? Like you could see he's miserable in the beginning. He's got those ostriches and stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. He's got it's, it's that kind of great way where you like that's it's one of the reasons I like I really do like it is that like it it feels like um like it feels specifically in this one like SS Wilson has specifically between this movie and the previous movie thought through a line for a line of life that has happened off screen for these characters that we have not seen and we get hints in the dialogue throughout it but it feels right, like it totally feels right and like I say like when you see where Errol ends up and what Errol was like in the first movie, yeah he's that guy who's can't wait to have his fame and his money and all the rest and he's probably isn't going to be too smart about it, he's probably going to blow it, he's probably going to make some bad Mm -hmm. deals and it's probably going to come back and bite him in the ass and then you see him six years on and that's true, You know, that's what has happened and I think that works really well for him. Um, last question I have to ask you, Dave, uh, is grades. You know, we do some Netflix grading over here under the stairs. One is hated it, two has didn't like it, three is liked it, four is really liked it, five is loved it. What grade are you giving Tremors to?
3: I'll give it a solid four.
0: Nice, nice. I'm slightly above you. I'm a 4.5 for this one. Um, yeah, it delivers. It delivers in a way that I love. Now, you have... Uh, some podcasts out there that I absolutely love um, and you know that and um, it's always it's always great to have you come on these shows because you're you don't do anything half measures on the, on the shows that you're actually involved with um you like the shows you do are quite lengthy and very uh, in-depth and I kind of love that so it's great to, to, to bring you over and uh, and get a chance to chat. Even if it is just half an hour about Tremors too, it's always fun. Um, let the listeners out there know, if they aren't already checking out your stuff, where they can check it out.
3: Okay, Exploding Heads, horror movie podcast, there's two shows a month. Um, that's anywhere you can basically find podcasts, it's on the fee Network. Uh, they're on Legion when I get time to get them on there, but that's a whole other story, I'm freaking... <laughs> I seriously to sit down and go on my uh, on my computer and upload it I, I wish I could fi- I wish there was a quicker way I could just do it on my phone but anyway <laughs> exploding heads and um, ABC's a hidden horror also on horophilia and a- episode X should be out uh, very very soon where uh, we'll, we'll discuss three movies beginning with the letter X slim Pickens but uh, we'll do the best we can <laughs> and in uh, <laughs> the newest one uh, the watsi party horror show with uh me and mr watson who i'm so happy the two of you have finally um talked and there's rumors of you guys uh doing some recordings together yeah so i'm
0: desperate to out. get the guy over and, uh, and chat with him we have been listening to his stuff for a while and um i don't know why we just never chatted but uh, we can we can owe our uh, our, our kind of meeting online very much thanks to yourself so thank you very much for that dave
3: Oh well, I I gotta tell you that I was, was. You're welcome, but it was completely a selfish act by me because the two of you are two of my favorite podcasters. So I want to sit back and listen to you two do a show. Oh man, <laughs> I just <laughs> want to hear you, you guys get together. You know that that's what it's <laughs> I'm always thinking of me as a listener before everything. So don't give me too much. <laughs> oh,
0: and, and, it's worth saying like, that that what's the party show is it's one of the it's, it's it's an event every episode's like an i love the format and like you you sit down you listen to that and you you get the full experience you walk away with um not only a recap of what has been coming out but what you guys have been watching you get an in-depth movie review you get proper analysis in there um it's like it's a full-on kind of immersive experience as a podcast and um yeah i'm just very jealous that you guys came up with it before me so
3: (laughs) (laughs) well the thing is (laughs) we can only do it once a month because everything that goes in with it so i mean you know it's you you are so busy doing oh putting out all this amazing output all the time that uh You wouldn't have time to do something like that. No,
0: I I couldn't in my but very much like yourself, selfishly, I enjoy being a listener of it. So, um, yeah, people should be going out and checking your stuff. Dave, it is always a fucking honour and a pleasure to sit down and chat to you. Um, You have suggested some things off air relating to franchises for next year, which, yeah, we're going to do them. And if I'm doing them, you're definitely coming back. I have your word on air
3: yes sir yes i'm i'm excited
0: already absolutely but we'll not give them any more information because secretly i hate my listeners i like to torment them um (laughs) so (laughs) they'll have to guess what that is as always it's an absolute pleasure i'm going to take a jump out just now folks when i come back i'm closing out the show uh, but i'll be right back to do that right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs You've been listening to that podcast, Under the Stairs. This has been episode 204, the first of three planned installments of the Russian Roulette franchise retrospective, looking at the Tremors franchise. We covered Tremors 1 and 2, and surprise, surprise, both kind of kick-ass. There we go. Breaking news on this podcast. Tremors 1 is amazing. Tremors 2 is just right beside it. So there we go. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? Well, you'll need to continue checking these out. There'll be one dropping next week to find out if GP Shaw and a little guy called Doug Tilly think that installments three and four are of a similar calibre or similar enjoyment level because they're not always the best movie movies, but by God, do they pack them full of nonsense and entertainment. So that will be coming up next week. There's a multitude of ways to check out Podcasts Under The Stairs. As always, I say, come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the feed and leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, and, of course, Spotify. We are over on Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. Why not? Everyone else seems to be. We've got one of those wrap-up things that posted this week, talking about how many episodes of Podcasts Under The Stairs had already been out and how many people were checking us out. On Spotify, a lot more people checking us out over on that platform than I realised. So yeah, if you have Spotify, why not listen to podcasts under the stairs through there? It kind of makes sense. You can visit our website, it's teaputzcast.com or buy merch from tputtscast.bitcartel.com You can visit us on Facebook if you want to interact with other listeners who love the show and love horror then that's the group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputtscast Alternatively, if you really only want to know when the shows are dropping occasionally check out a live stream like a Thursday Thursday then that's the Facebook page you want That's completely different, that's facebook.com forward slash tputtscast you can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at Cast. you got that? Why not check us out on the Flick Chat app? It's free and downloadable on iOS and Android. Flick Chat is the name of the app. Our join code is Cast. It's a social media for podcasters and listeners to connect. Not only can you listen to the shows directly through that app, But you can then interact with us through a series of curated message board posts. Each of our subsets have their own message board. So you can join in the conversation there without um, having to read all the other message boards if you don't want to. Just interact in the ways that you want. But there's also conversations about horror and all other things happening there. It is fun. It is free. It's Flick Chat and the join code is TPUTSCAST. The podcast Under the Stairs will return tomorrow for you with our final 88 films Italian collection series of reviews for 2019. It's this number 43 and it's the Romero Argento double bill to evil eyes. But until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeese broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.